Hello. Um, yeah, it's me. It's me doing my podcast, and um, I'm on my sofa, so Muffin is not with me. And I'm holding a beautiful selenium. I think it's selenite. Selenite crystal. Yeah. Uh, it's white and it's bright and it's cold and it's it's awesome. I love crystals. Um. So. So really, I think um, what I wanted to reflect about today, at least now. It's about, hmm, just remembering how I'm trying to remember, and I, I really do remember very clearly growing up as a teenager. You know, my, my daughter just turned 13 uh, this week. So it's uh, being a teenager was one of the, roughest I would say periods in my life and I think for lots of people as well and you just feel so gawky that's the word um, and you always like for me I, I can't tell for you but uh, you feel like your body doesn't quite belong to you it feels odd and you have these bumps I had a lot of pimples, so, so it's like a lot of pimples on your face and, you know, you've got like hair and all the unusual places and you stink and, oh God, menstruation, oh my God, the period was a killer. Um, now, what I'm trying to compensate, at, at least with my daughter, at least is um I have periods, right? So I celebrate it each time I have my menses. And I go like, I have my menses. And it's like I'm singing and dancing. And Eva rolls her eyes. It's like, mom's totally weird. Um, and, and actually, the reason why I'm doing this is because my mom never had her period, right? Because she had uh, removed her womb um, when I was seven. So... I never experienced a mom who was menstruating, so I never knew what the hell was menstruation when it hit me when I was 13, because I didn't have any example and I was the only child. So when I was bleeding down there, I don't know what the hell was happening, and I was so ashamed and embarrassed about it that I would, I kid you not, I actually hid those soiled pads well at least I think my mom had showed me what were pads because I must have used it and uh, I hid it in my cupboard mm -hmm. yep. in a plastic bag or something like that and oh my god can imagine when my mom discovered it how it must have stunk so bad but that's why because I was so embarrassed to um, throw those soiled pads in the dustbin because then my dad and everybody else well everybody else is just my dad and my mom right because 
I'm the only child would see that I'm having this strange thing and I have to throw it in the dustbin. I was so embarrassed to just do that alone, I would hide it in my cupboard. That's shame. Um, yeah, didn't have any talks about what was happening, nothing. And the worst, I, I remember when I first had my menses was also very traumatic. Very, because literally, um, I was molested when I was nine. I talked about it in one of my earliest podcasts because of that dream of being chased down by men, constant dreams of being chased by men all my life, right? Now, I realized that it's because of that singular molest incident when I was nine that haunts me till today. And I think I'm I'm really getting over it now because I'm talking about it and I'm sharing it out live in the podcast. Whoever wants to listen can listen. And that's helping me a lot in healing. And check it out. Like, I'm 43 right now, you know. Um, I, I wish for all young girls would have had therapy or would have had someone who talked openly about molest and abuse so that they won't have to live in that shame and fear for so many years of their life and affect their um, sexuality, affect their sense of self-worth or self-love, right? And that's really the huge reason why I'm doing these podcasts is so that I hope that people who had suffered like me would benefit. You know, that's really my my desire. That's why I'm talking about um, stuff like this. That's quite embarrassing. It's like bringing the skeletons out of your closet, right? Just, but it's worthwhile. It's really worth it. It's also healing for me. So I can never get over. I mean, I was 13. I, I still have obviously not gotten over that molest at nine. And I would hate that person that men, that I would hate men, literally, hate men, hate boys, hate the opposite sex, except my dad. Like, my dad and my best friend's dad, Uncle Gobi, were the only men that I would have accepted. No one else, right? Um, yeah, so lots of hatred to men, period. Um, and hatred, like, with this black anger, hatred, you know, I would see men of that race, and I would be filled up with disgust, anger, and hatred, it's, it's wicked, it's, it's, it's so low, but it's just because of how I felt, and I never could process it, um, everybody fell into that pot of being loathful, disgusting, and can't be trusted. Everyone into that same category, all men equal. They're all jerks. That was my definition. And I set up my, um, I hate guys, I hate boys club. Like, so Swaiju <laughs> has his, you know, uh, spy club. It was really funny because when I was, yeah, ever since that molesting, I mean, I had, I had set up my, my girl club about we hate boys club and 
we would abuse Kendall, like, you know, anyways, um, digressing. So we were going to Cameron Highlands and then my, my dad loves me to death. Like I'm like the, the life to my dad, right? I have this very, very privileged, special connection with my father. And, and my dad and, and me were actually in this hotel room. My mom was on the bed and I was sleeping on a bed with my dad. So my mom was on one bed and I was on a bed with my dad. And I was like, you know, 12 and a half, like about ish and feeling so awkward about my body. Like, you know, when you're in your preteens and you're hitting your teens and you just feel this, I don't know how to say, but you just can't accept your body and you feel vulnerable and you feel not good in your own skin and especially when you're around men you feel so uncomfortable and so although it was my own father i felt uncomfortable i thought that i was going to get pregnant just by the fact that i was lying down next to my dad and i've been sleeping with my dad all my life you know it's like but because i was in my preteens i felt just so awkward and that's the other thing um which growing up being the only child and being the the pet, being the doll, I had no space on my own. I I didn't have my own room. I have my own room, but then my dad would always be like, "Okay, come and sleep with Papa." And so, I will have to go and sleep with my dad. Like, you know, he would have a bed, I'd have my bed, but we would be in the same room because my mom snores and both my my parents were literally not sleeping together and I didn't even realize that. So I was the pet of my father and he would tell me stories every night and then he would, you know, tell me about Buddha stories, sing songs to me and I was his baby till I was 18 freaking years old. And I did not have my own room, privacy, uh, forget about sexuality. You know, it's like... I just had no space. Like I was sleeping between my parents or I was sleeping on a bed on myself, but in the same room as my father. Like no, how do you say? No space at all. Like that was growing up. I mean, I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying I realized like that really marked made a mark as well on me in the fact that I feel this sense of dependency with with the person I'm with because it's like that father-daughter relationship that was so uncomfortably tight uh it was weird you know um so coming back from that Cameron Highland trip because I was feeling like, oh my God, I'm going to get pregnant. I was stepping on the same bed as my father. Obviously, nothing happened. I mean, it's like nothing. But it's just my mind was just completely going crazy. And I have no idea what was sex, what was this, what was... No idea, no books, no reference, no one talks to me. And I was just thinking, like, if a boy touches your hand like holds your hand, you're going to get pregnant. Like, I didn't know what was sexuality, right? So I was so like full of fear and then coming down, Cameron Highlands, well, guess what? I had my menses. 
for the very first freaking time in my life, like hallelujah. And so I was like, what is this flooding that's happening down there? And so then, oh my God, right, the whole car seat was blood red. Like by the time we got from back from Cameron Highlands in Malaysia and back to Singapore, uh, like five hours later, I was all bloody red, you know, and and then, you know, my, my parents were sweet as pie. My dad didn't say anything. He just got out his pail and stopped washing away. And I just felt the guilt, the shame, the everything. It was like, oh my God, how is this possible? And I was so guilty and so shameful and Still nothing, still no sit down, talk to you like, hey, this is what's happening. Maybe they try to talk to me, but I was just so embarrassed. And so this is hello, welcome teenage life. And then you go to 13 years old and me for six years of my life in primary school, in an elite girl school. And then, go, you know, moving on to secondary school to a mix OMG with boys, right? Uh, I could not believe it. I was like in shock. I've not been in such close proximity to guys. I would hyperventilate if I'm sitting next to a boy, like I kid you not. In tuition, I had tuition class with two boys and I was just so nervous like hell just to be sitting next to a boy. I'd be like sweating buckets. I couldn't focus. I was just like in a panic to be next to a guy. And so imagine going to a school full of guys, boys and girls, and it was like horrendous. I was so uncomfortable out of my elements and plus this period thing, right? And having to wear a skirt, right? <clears throat> God. I'm telling, this is the most embarrassing thing in my life, but I did it anyways. Come to think about it, I'm still embarrassed today. I wore my pajamas under my skirt just when I have my period to school, secondary school. Yep, that's right. So I had, I had two panties, okay? Then I had a pair of shorts, <laughs> and then I had... <laughs> my pajamas but knee length like tights or pajamas but it's like pajamas then I had my long skirt it was supposed to be knee length fitting tight but those are the popular girls they alter their skirts and make it look tight and stuff me ah uh, long and baggy with pajamas and then the boys they noticed it and they went okay uh, wearing pants under her skirt and they were making the hell out of fun out of me and i was like you're fuckers and so i think i gave them some dagger stares and they just shut the hell up but um yeah i was quite embarrassed to do that to myself but then i said i had to choose between two battles one i stained my skirt and embarrassed the hell out of me because the boys would be staring like shit and making fun or two well, I'm just jolly going to wear a pair of pants underneath and then, uh, you know, just let it shock absorb. So I have two or three pads. I have two or three panties. I have a pair of shorts and then my long pants and then the skirt. 
like those are the days when I had periods when I was 14 years old, 13, 14. Yeah, it's not not too fun, but I survived, you know, and oh, yeah, plus the short hair, right? So remember, mom not wanting me to cut hair and stuff. So that was the unglamorous 13, 14 years old. And then somehow coming arriving to 15, I transformed into a girl. It's all the watching supermodel and um, Miss Universe. I hate Miss Universe, but supermodel pageants and supermodel really gave me the sense of confidence. Linda Evangelista and, you know, who are those? Um, Claudia Schiffer and yeah, yeah, those were my, those were like the mamas that I never had, you know, the, the mamas who were uh, feminine, powerful, graceful, you know, they just knew how to smile and poise and elegance and yeah, just watching them, <clears throat> watching them and mimicking them, copying them. Uh, I think it did some a lot of good to me. And then, boom, 15, 16, the hair, keep it long, going to be a DJ, um, being hugely influenced by MTV. So MTV had awesome positive influence on me. Um, there was an MTV DJ called Nani. At, in, I think she must have been Filipina or Thai, uh, Eurasian girl. Oh, my God, she was... I had huge crush on Nani. I could marry her. Like, uh, I, I think I really do have some, um, yeah, lesbian tendencies as well. I, I, I could marry Nani. Like, I was so in love with her. She was so beautiful and so smooth. And she was so funny. And she could really do such a great job as a DJ. Like, introducing all the songs and stuff. And watching MTV... Um, and Supermodel was such a great influence, like, so from those, yeah, teenagehood is, it's, it's fun, it's, it sucks, it's sucky, but it's also a great period where you feel like you're this, this caterpillar, and you're really metamorphizing, you know, like, metamorphosis into a butterfly, like, you really go through these ugly, ugly, ugly duckling stage. And then you kind of like give it a few years and you'll find the butterfly and you emerge out of the chrysalis. You know, seriously, it does. Be patient. <laughs> it happens. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of dark moments where you just don't fit in in class. You don't find your friends. You don't find your troop. You, I, I never fit in, period. I never fit in. I, I don't. I just don't. Like, never with my cohort. Um, I listen to trance music, electric, electronics, you know, classical. Um, yeah, I would listen to Gregorian chants, right? Everybody else in school would listen to Chinese pop. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm... I'm not into Chinese pop, you know, and I was into a different genre of music and and I was not fitting in into a local Chinese Singaporean secondary school. Like, that's it. I was not. Right. And so too bad. It's what it is. But 
did I feel lonely? I, kind of, but maybe not because I like my own company and I'd rather be in my own company than have to suffer the boredom of being in a group where I just feel I don't fit in and I'm just bored the living daylights. So I like to be in the darkness in my own room, um, talk to my plants. I had a plant. I talked to my plant. I listen to my music and I write poetry. And these were the tools that really kept me going when I was this awkward teenager. And then I did well in school. So also teaching my friends who didn't understand geography or whatever, you know, um, was um, was also very satisfying. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's a tough balance being a teenager and discovering that your body is changing, you know, you're discovering sexuality and um, these feelings for guys that's coming out of like dropping from the sky from nowhere and it's so weird, right? Um, and if you had been abused as well, you know, it's like, or yeah, it's, it's even worse. So I think you have to be really, really patient and never, 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 never feel shame about your body and um, try and find help and try and talk, talk to people that you can trust, who can um, hold that sacred space for you and not judge you, just listen, be a friend. So, yeah, so that was my uh, <laughs> awesome teenage years. I had good friends. I had really, really good friends, too. So that really helped as well. I didn't have many. I had one or two very good friends. And um, that was super, 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 super most important. Yeah. So that's it. That's it, everybody. So, yeah, um, just reflecting on... Being a teenager. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>